This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie. We'll kick off the programme with a chat with economist and commentator Jim Power. Yesterday afternoon, I chatted with Jim and I picked up on an issue that we discussed last week on the programme with Tanish Del Leo Varadkar, and that's the issue of paying the bill for COVID, which is on the minds of many business owners who are worried that when the pandemic passes, we'll be facing a period of austerity made necessary by the billions spent on support measures over the last year. Last week, the IMF urged Ireland to increase taxes. Leo Varadkar told us he was hoping that this could be avoided. Instead, banking on a growing economy to do the heavy lifting with incremental tax revenue increases based on a rebound of economic activity as the economy reopened. Yesterday, on top of the IMF calls for tax increases, the ESRI released a report saying that broad-based tax increases from the Irish government may be needed to fund future public spending. Not good news for consumers and not good news for business confidence. I asked Jim Power what he thought would happen. Well, the reality, of course, is that in the last 15 months, the public finances here have deteriorated dramatically. We borrowed $18.4 billion last year. We're likely to borrow something similar this year. That is all obviously adding to the significant level of national debt we already had prior to this crisis. So there is a significant debt problem in the country now. And the question is, how will that debt problem be sorted? How will it be addressed? How will you know we get the debt level down? Um, my view at this juncture is that it is mad to be talking about tax increases and so on because in the environment of such uncertainty that we're in at the moment as we try to emerge from COVID, starting to talk about tax increases is totally um, unproductive and indeed it's counterproductive uh, because it's just going to you know make people a lot more conscious cautious than they might otherwise be which is not what we want at the moment so the priority over the next couple of years in my view is for the government to continue to support businesses and households that are in trouble due to COVID and to make sure that over the next couple of years that as many of those businesses as possible particularly the SME businesses will actually survive and prosper and contribute to the recovery in the Irish economy because the most effective way of alleviating the burden of debt and this I think applies to a household, a business and particularly a country is through growing your income. So in other words, in an economy sense, growing the national income of the country. So in other words, as an economy grows, um, more tax tends to be paid because there's more people working, companies are making more profit, so um, people are spending more money. So there's more tax. You get tax revenue buoyancy. Um, and on the expenditure side, likewise, you know, as people come into employment, um, as social welfare payments start to reduce, um, you get this automatic reduction in expenditure. So economic growth is the way to get this debt back under control for the foreseeable future. Um, I do believe 
um, sometime down the road we are going to have to take a serious look at the balance between taxation and expenditure in the economy and one of the reasons why I believe that to be the case is because of demographics over the next couple of decades we are going to see a significant ageing of the Irish population that has implications for spending on health, spending on the care for older people and also on pensions expenditure. So that's an issue we are going to have to address and the tax system will have to play a part in addressing that problem. But at the moment, the notion of suggesting fiscal austerity at a time when the economy is still not out of a COVID crisis um, is absolutely nuts in my view. Um, and if, 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 if you talk to those small businesses around Kilkenny who are now starting to open up again and hopefully you know, the remainder will open up um, over the coming weeks as hospitality is allowed back on stream. Um, you talk to those businesses at the moment about the notion of higher taxes, and I think you'll get your answer fairly quickly. Yeah. So I was quite astounded, actually, for the ESRI to come out and say this, and it's kind of typical of people who are in secure permanent jobs and secure pensions. Um, it's totally removed from reality, in my view. Yeah, um, and it comes on the back of the IMF, I think, the previous week. And it was something I put to Tanish de Leo Varadkar when I spoke to him last week on the programme. And his view was that, much the same as yours, to allow the economy to do the heavy lifting. Do you think that's what the politicians will be uh, aiming to do? Because that would seem appealing across all uh, shades of the political spectrum. No one wants to see tax increases, consumers, businesses or politicians. Uh, indeed, Sean, that, that is absolutely the case. Um, uh, if you think back to what happened after 2008, 2009, um, and indeed the 2009 budget from the late Brian Lanahan stands out as a horrible day for Ireland, and it, was, it wasn't Brian Lanahan's fault, uh, but the public finances were in serious crisis, so what we saw at that stage was a significant increase in the tax burden and massive cuts in public expenditure, and we're still paying the price for those policies that were pursued at the time. And indeed, this is a global issue, not just unique to Ireland. And the International Monetary Fund and others have subsequently admitted that austerity back in those days was the wrong policy to pursue and that it wouldn't and shouldn't be pursued as the global economy and indeed the Irish economy tried to emerge from the the, the COVID crisis. So austerity, um, in my view, should be given a Christian burial Mm. Um, for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just not something we should even contemplate at this stage. We obviously will need, ultimately, to restore balance to our public finances between spending and taxation. But as I say, the most effective way of doing that is through generating economic activity. One thing uh, you ask about, you know, and I, I talk about the tax burden sort of longer term, one of the things that the IMF uh, suggested, of course, was the introduction of proper water charges and I have to say personally I've got a lot of flack for this over the years a lot of abuse indeed Um, I believed the introduction of water charges on a whole range of different fronts was a good idea Mm -hmm. Uh, but of course there was an amazingly strong political backlash and um, the political classes um, were too lily-livered to actually proceed with it yeah and a lot of kind of um 
folk memory among politicians of uh, about that, which has made them shy of a lot of things. And I, no- I noticed the ESRI also uh, recommended charging the local property tax on up-to-date valuations. Do you think that's something that would be a good idea or will even get any traction? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the introduction of water charges and a proper property tax um, you know, should be part ultimately of the restoration of proper balance and assist creating a sustainable footing for our public finances. Um, because we are all now still paying property tax based on valuations, I think, that were taken about 2013. So obviously a lot has changed since then. But of course, in this post-COVID environment, as we try to emerge, now is not the time to even think about that. Mm. That is a debate for a couple of years down the road. Um, um, and I've no doubt it is something that will be revisited, but politically, um, it would be absolutely suicide at the moment to even contemplate such a course of action. Yeah, now on your uh, very entertaining and informative podcast, The Other Hand, which you do with Chris Johns, the uh, economist, um, you discussed recently about COVID scarring um, and differing views on either side of the Atlantic. What do you think? Do you think the Irish economy is going to be permanently scarred uh, by COVID? I, I, as, as I've sort of said to you a number of times over the last 12 months, the impact of COVID is, um, is very two-faced. You know, at, at one level, we have... Um, there have been sectors of the economy that have done very well. And indeed, um, yesterday, um, the CSO published data showing what happened to household wealth last year. And a lot of people who continue to earn, a lot of sectors that continue to do well, accumulated wealth last year. But on the other hand, we had a segment of the economy in the hospitality sector, the airline industry, anything to do with international travel and tourism, non-essential retail, all of those businesses, personal services like hairdressing and so on uh, they suffered enormous damage and many of those businesses are now left with significant debt legacies Mm -hmm. because revenue liabilities have been parked commercial rates may have been parked they may have got some concessions from their bank in terms of interest payments and so on but at the end of all of this there will be a lot of accumulated debts for those businesses most of which we would classify as SMEs or small and medium enterprises and the problem of course is that many of those SMEs may not survive over the next couple of years because of that debt debt legacy and those SMEs are incredibly important for uh, the streets of our villages, towns and indeed cities around the country. So that is the scarring I would really worry about those small businesses in retail restaurants, pubs etc that will not survive and that we would be just left with a further depletion of our uh, streets. Mm, and so whatever about um, break, or COVID scarring, Jim, um, Brexit is leaving a lot of scars, but they're largely in places that aren't getting a lot of attention, really. Um, you know, I spoke to, again, the Tarnished, and he seemed to accept that, you know, it's not getting much, much coverage, but there's a huge amount of pain going on, particularly with small and medium-sized businesses due to COVID, uh, Brexit. Yes, uh, there, there is no doubt about that um, and it's amazing how in the first um, nearly five months of the year at this stage Brexit hasn't been mentioned very much other than in a few the odd dispatch but the, the reality is that 
our exports to the United Kingdom are down by just 2.7% this year, okay? Mm. But Which isn't an awful lot. It's 83 million in, in absolute terms. So it's, it's not a huge amount of money in the first three months of the year. However, if you delve beneath the statistics, the food sector, the agri-food sector um, is being absolutely hammered at the moment. Um, and, and that's where the real pain has been felt. And many of those businesses are SMEs. Um, many of those businesses who export at all, it is mainly to the United Kingdom. And that has become incredibly problematical. So there we go back to the indigenous SME companies again. Um, on, on, the, on the other hand, if you look at what's happening on the import side, or imports from the United Kingdom, well, sorry, from Great Britain, excluding Northern Ireland, were down by over $2 billion in the first three months of the year. That is a decline of about 47%. It's quite incredible. And what we're seeing, I mean, there was a story that was broken by um, a journalist in Waterford uh, that I sort of contributed to last week about the shortage of flakes for 99s <laughs> and that's that that was just indicative of the impact brexit is having um the supply chain has been seriously damaged and we are seeing the scarcity of stuff on the shelves a lot of which comes either directly from or through the united kingdom so in answer to your question brexit is having a significant effect on parts of the economy um, and those parts of the economy are very important for rural ireland they are mainly SME companies that are already under the cost from COVID-19. So I, I think this is an issue we will hear more, sorry, we should hear more about over the coming months. Okay, well look, hopefully the weather will improve, Jim, and we'll be actually down on the seafront in Tremor or Ardmore or somewhere or Dungarvan and we'll be able to have flakes in our 99s. Uh, wouldn't that be great, John? Um, you know, I think... Okay, the, the weather at the moment is obviously having a very, um, pardon the pun, a dampening effect on people's mood. But if we were to get an improvement in June with the reopening of the economy, I think you'd see a very strong rebound in confidence and spending and economic activity. Absolutely. So bring it on. Bring it on and hopefully we'll all have enough 99s to go around. <laughs> Thanks very much, Jim. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.